Hi, everybody. The Gospel reading for this fifth Sunday in Lent is really long, 45 verses, in fact. So instead of reading it all into the camera, I'm going to just tell you most of the story and then pick up the reading at its grand finale. So if you want to skim along with me in your Bible at home, it's the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, verses 1 to 45. And while I'll tell you the beginning of the story, I'll start reading at verse 32. It's the dramatic story of the raising of Lazarus, four days in the tomb. It's both the last and biggest of Jesus' miracles or signs, as John likes to call them, also the last straw for Jesus' opponents, convincing them that Jesus must die. That's why we read it just a week before Holy Week begins. Now, the story starts when Jesus hears that his dear friend Lazarus is ill. We're told that Jesus loves Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha, but also that he delays in going to see them for two days. Now, when he does decide to go, his disciples warn him that going near Jerusalem, where Lazarus and his sisters lived, would be very dangerous. Religious leaders there were already out to get Jesus. But when Jesus, despite the dangers, is determined to go, it's Thomas who bravely says, let us also go that we may die with him. Great sentence, if you ask me. Now, by the time Jesus gets to Bethany, Lazarus has been dead for four days, dead and buried. Jesus first meets up with the dead man's sister, Martha, who accuses him of not caring, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus tells her that his death is not the ending she thinks it is and that Lazarus will rise again. Martha thinks Jesus is talking about their faith's deep hope in a final resurrection at the end of time. But Jesus says, no, now. I am the resurrection and the life. People who believe in me, who belong to me, even when they die, will live. And when Jesus then asks Martha if she believes this, Martha says, I believe you are the Messiah. Then Martha tells her sister Mary that Jesus has finally arrived. And that's where I will start to read again John 11, verses 32 to 45. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same thing Martha had said. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there's a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped up in a cloth. 
Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. What a great story. Truly one of the most vivid and dramatic in the Bible. I mean, can't you just see Lazarus lumbering out of the tomb, all wrapped up like a mummy, like a scene right out of a zombie movie? Only Lazarus here is no zombie. He's alive. He's freed from death itself. And Jesus asked the witnesses to unbind him and let him go. So what then might this story have to say to us today? What message might God have for people like us, confined not in tombs, but certainly in our homes, guarding ourselves from illnesses, guarding our vulnerable neighbors, we hope, even from death? All while watching so many people die, while needed help is delayed or too late in coming, and fearing even more of that in the days ahead. What does it mean when Lazarus is sick and Jesus doesn't come to save the day? What does it mean when to us Jesus has come too late to do anything that we see as helpful or possible at all? When Lazarus has died and we're sure that all Jesus can do is attend his funeral. And then suddenly, well beyond our last best hope, Jesus does something totally unexpected and amazing and new. Jesus calls Lazarus right out of his grave. Unlike the other three Gospels, John's makes no secret about where the story of Jesus is headed. From the earliest chapter, signs of Easter's new resurrection life are bursting out all over the place. Jesus turns water into wine in the second chapter at a wedding, and celebration that had become disastrous now has a new beginning. In the third chapter, Nicodemus is invited to be born all over again. Later, a woman at a well who never caught a break in life is offered living water that will well up into eternal life. A blind young man not only gets to see, but gets to see Jesus for who he is. And now, all of those signs culminate in Lazarus, stumbling out of his tomb into a resurrected life. I think what John wants us to hear and what God has to say to us today is that just when we think all is lost, and that there's not even anything God could possibly do to make things right again, that's where we can count and look for God to show up. And not just to fix what's broken, not just to put back things to the way they were, but to raise up something new, to call forth a new beginning that we could never even imagine, much less see coming. Resurrection faith, in other words, isn't about holding off the worst or undoing the damage or even healing the present woes, but about what happens, what God does, when all the fixes and cures have failed and all hopes are dead and buried. And what is it that God does? God births again. God pours out living water. God opens eyes. God raises the dead. That's what John wants us to hear and to know and to believe and most of all, to trust. The promise we can claim today is not that Jesus will stop this nasty virus or keep good people like us from catching it or even keep people we know and love from dying from it. I wish I could make that promise in Jesus' name, but Mary and Martha and a long line of faithful sufferers since then reminds me that I can't. I can't even promise that when this pandemic passes that Jesus will be sure our lives can go back to exactly the way they were before. 
In fact, I can almost surely promise you that they won't. They'll be different. Changed, maybe in some significant ways, and not all ways will like. But what I can promise is that Jesus will call new life out of death, fresh starts out of even terrible losses, that Jesus will raise up the dead and that none of these losses of wealth or employment or baseball seasons or Tom Brady for Pete's sake or our health care system or our stock market, not even physical death will ever separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus. At least three times in this story, John reminds us of how much Jesus loves Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And it's his love for them that matters, not theirs for him. They feel let down. They get angry at Jesus for not being there when they needed him. Lazarus even dies. But it's Jesus' love for them that saves the day. No, not saves the day, but dawns a new day, begins a resurrection day. So be of good courage, church. Jesus may not keep us from traumatic events like a nationwide lockdown or a stock market meltdown or sickness and suffering, even death. But he has the love and power to pull us through all such events and more into a new life on the other side. When even through the burial wrappings, we'll hear our Savior say, unbind him and let him go. Amen.